This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Suyuno Amos. I'm Kenji Cataldo. Today, we're speaking with Ed Gomes and Kukona Lopes from Kekahua Okuali'i. Kekahua Okuali'i's mission is to inspire and support cultural and environmental wellness through land stewardship of Palalupe and Pohakea at Kauai Nui Fish Pond in Kailua, Oahu. Their Kukulu Kauhale program fosters traditional land management and supports cultural practice by training community members in the cultural arts and lifeways of hale construction, care, and maintenance. Earlier this month, I got to go to the Makahiki Ceremony and Games hosted by Keikahua Okuali'i, as well as Umikai and the Halemua Okuali'i. There was a great turnout, the biggest they've had, and it was awesome to see so many families in that space. Seeing the community gather to honor and celebrate Makahiki felt like a preview of Kekahua's vision for a living kauhale on that aina. Here's our interview with Ed and Kukona recorded on-site at Kauai Nui in October. Okay, so today we are lucky to be getting to sit on-site at Kekahua Okuali'i. We're here with Ed and Kukona, and maybe you both can just start by introducing yourselves and maybe give us a little bit of the origin story of how, how this all began here. Okay, I'll go first since you got the story. Okay. All right. My name is Kukona Lopes. Um, I live in Kailua. Um, retired government employee. I used to be an air traffic controller. I've been on Aina here since uh, 2007 or so. And it becomes, uh, for me, not only a way of life, but I get to escape the real world by coming out here too and just getting on the Aina. So for me, this is a, a healing well, therapeutic, more or less. And I'll leave it at that for now. So, aloha. Uh, my name is Ed Gomes, last name. Uh, lifelong uh, Kailua, Maunawili resident. Uh, funny story where Kukona lives now. I was actually raised there. Uh, lived in the house that is two doors away from his now for uh, almost 50 years, and then we moved to Mauna Wili. But uh, been here on Aina. Uh, I uh, knew one of the uh, lessees for uh, this property from when I was in high school. Um, from probably junior year in high school, that was 1968, and uh, until he passed maybe about 10 years ago. Uh, so I've been familiar with this. I used to come up here uh, when his father-in-law um, had the lease on this property. Uh, a little bit about this Aina here. Um, like I said, it came to us through uh, Wes Cash and his wife, Joni Cash. Uh, Joni's father was Pinky Nolan. He originally got the lease for this property back, I believe, in the uh, late 40s, early 50s somewhere uh, from Kanehoe Ranch. 
and uh, held that lease through the turnover to uh, Sitting County uh, for development as a park complex by the Sitting County. Uh, this property was gifted by Kanuhi Ranch and um, that project actually uh, never really developed. So the city and county gave it to the state DLNR who ended up uh, this being part of state parks. And kind of unique, this area we're on here next door, a little bit to our north and going down towards uh, Le Jardin and the intersection of Kapa'akori Road is the only section of uh, DLNR land that is state parks. Uh, the rest is all uh, DOFA, which is uh, forestry, uh, uh, forestry Wildlife Division. So uh, we are under the, the state parks uh, oversight and we were fortunate enough to get a curatorship for this property back in 2014, 13? Yeah, we're in the seventh year, I think, huh? Yeah. Maybe 2016. Yeah. Um, so we got a uh, long-term commitment for them and we've been trying to uh, clean up, uh, restore this property. Um, there was a lot of uh, industry on this property um, that was not very good for it. We try to remediate a lot of it. A um, little bit about history of how we actually got to this property. Uh, Kukona and I go to, or used to go to Pukohola, Kukona, many more years than I went. But Pukohola for Ho'okuikahi, uh, which is a rededication of Pukohola Heiau, uh, every August. So in doing that, a lot of the people that go take their children, their wives, their families, all go and we spend the weekend in August celebrating uh, this heiau that was dedicated for the reunification of these islands. So uh, probably 2005, didn't go 2006, 2007, I talked to Wes and he goes, yeah, what do you guys do up there? I said, why don't you come up and find out? And uh, took him to the big island. Um, Wes's family is Mokini family, Mokini Hill. Uh, he's directly connected to uh, the hill. Uh, went up there as a side trip also to go look at it. He sat there and thought about it. We came home and maybe about four or five months later, out of the, out of the blue, he and Joni called us up, Kukona and I and Makanani to come up. And uh, he said that he would like to share this property or this dream that we have. Uh, and he'd like to see this Aina become a place of healing. Uh, Wes's background is, uh, like I said, I grew up with him. He had seven brothers. They struggled, uh, at least he struggled financially, and he felt the only way for him to go out and see the world, and he wanted to travel, was to uh, join the military. And at this time, it was 1969. 
I was going to say, I'm not going to say that the height of the Vietnam War, but it was still pretty, pretty active. And he ended up in Vietnam and he came back uh, suffering with many issues. Um, that was a lifelong struggle for him. So in this conversation that he wanted us to come back and create something here for uh, our families in Kailua, Maunawili, Ko'olalo, Ko'olalpoko, and actually for anybody to come and be practitioners was his thought for us. And uh, like I said, we've been here since 2007, hand clearing what this aina right here was a roping and mugging pen for rodeo. Uh, now you can see there is pretty much a uh, pretty verdant area. We have our kolea come back every year. So if behind us right now, they're, they're walking around. Uh, and when they develop their bow tie and their, their nice coat, you know, their coats change probably in first part of next year, they'll fly back. Can you share the meaning of, uh, of the organization's name, Keikahua Kuali'i? Kuali'i was uh, a chief in Kailua. He was raised in Kailua. And reputedly, he unified the islands before Kamehameha, but we don't have any written history of that. Um, so to honor him, uh, Kekuhua is like the foundation or the foundation of Kuali because the idea was Kuali had a college and everything right here in, in Kailua and what we wanted to do is open this area up to make it a, a place of learning, a place of uh, cultural practice and my original idea was to, to have different Hawaiian sciences, if you were like uh, laau lapa'au or kapa making, or uh, lo'ikalo or all kinds of good stuff. Just, just to make it like a working village again. Our men's group, which um, started a little prior to Kekuhoya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our men's group is Halimua uh, Okuli'i. And uh, to me, our four po'o are Kukona, Kamala Opono Crab, uh, Keawe Koholokula, and Kavika Tengan. And they're my spiritual uh, leaders, guide me through. Um, like I said, I, I'll throw this out now. Uh, they call me Otis because, because I'm the oldest guy here, but um, in my later years, they, they keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, I try to aspire to be like a younger person. Uh, the knowledge that they have is far greater than, than my, my knowledge of uh, Hawaiian culture, so. Uh, like I said, it's been a it's been a long, long process to get where we are today. We're finally starting to see 
things that we had uh, dreamt of and thought of and, and try to start uh, now starting to come to fruition thanks to People's Fund and a couple of other organizations, we've been able to actually get grants um, for us to rebuild our hale. We had a hale uh, here from 2010 to 2011 that uh, was taken down. Um, it got uh, eaten by termites and bugs. Um, and we're gonna rebuild it now, like Kukona says, uh, to try and create this place as a complete village. That's gonna be the, the uh, cornerstone of other uh, projects that we have and other hale, uh, getting the lo'i restarted. As you folks probably experienced, uh, COVID really set everybody back for a number of years. We actually had lo'i down below, uh, down near our Imu area and out into Kauai Nui. Um, that, uh, like I said, we, we talked about the pigs running around. They found the Kalo much more Ono than, than we did. So um, there are ways we're gonna have to try and control uh, our next uh, Lo'i to keep them from uh, eating all the Kalo, yeah. They can, they can eat one lo'i in a day. I mean, they'll come through and just take care of it. Destroy months of work. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we fight for on this aina, even beyond just our presence here, maintaining our presence, is the, uh, the issue of vai. Uh, history of Kauai Nui, uh, post-contact, if we go and look at the um, historical ownership of Kauai Nui going from uh, Kanaka-based ownership, ending up to being a very large ranch, uh, castle ranch, and, and uh, I should say Kanaohe Ranch, castle property. Uh, prior to them coming on, there were even large landowners that uh, one of the issues ties into here on this aina, our issue of our access to water. Uh, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, they dug tunnels in the back of Manawili, not tunnels, but they, they built a dike uh, to capture the water from our streams in the back of the valley. And through this dike or aqueduct system, it went through a tunnel that they built to Waimanalo. Um, that tunnel didn't encapsulate all of the water that used to flow into Kauai Nui, but that was one of the main sources of um, our water here in Kauai Nui. Pikuakea still there. Yeah, Pikuakea and then some of the other Kauai, uh, what's the name of that? Kahahawai stream and other, other streams uh, back there are now been totally encapsulated by a project that they took a, um, a, I guess a hard pipe and capture all of the water now. So we've seen a significant loss since we've been here of water and the water level not returning after the rainy season to its previous levels. So in the back here, there's a pond. That pond used to come up 
maybe two or three feet from the, our ground level here is now down into maybe, I would say eight feet, eight feet down um, and it's dry. Outside of that area into Koinui where we've had Aloe, um, there's water there uh, during rainy season that soaks in and uh, during summer it's completely dry. You can walk on it. Uh, when we had Aloe, we know that the, the fish that were uh, the pua that from the fish that were historically there in the fish ponds. So from older maps, we see a lokoia that went out someplace uh, off to our, behind our ahu that went straight out and went down towards Kaneohe and came back in. It was a huge lokoia. Um, funny, when we dug the loi and had Hawaii flowing to Kauai Nui into our loi, those fish were still there. We were able to see, uh, you know, the small little silver fish that, that grow in these fish ponds. And, and it's important that we have that, the way that fish ponds work. It's not only for feeding, feeding us, by utilizing the ponds to catch the fish for food, but these small pool also get out and get out to the ocean and create, you know, uh, a core for other fish to come and eat. So we're drawing uh, pelagic fish from the ocean closer into shore. And it's a symbiotic thing. So we need that freshwater, saltwater mix to to maintain that, and at this point, that's not happening in Kauai Nui. That's something uh, that we need to address and and address the, the core issues, right? Where our vi goes, where does that encapsulated water go to now? Uh, it goes to a reservoir system in the back. The majority of the farms in the back of Waimanalo are all pipe water. They're taken from wells. They're not utilizing the water from here. That water is used, utilized mainly uh, from what I can read in some of the, the recent documents about uh, the water systems here, that that water is used as a, uh, a reservoir or, or retainment for surprisingly bellows. Uh, no, it's a marine, marine uh, training area for their firefighting capability, or as it was stated in that, that plan, firefighting and for, for their beautification, their planting um, gifts project. So um, I'm not about taking the water back, I'm about sharing the water, but I think we have uh, a need here to, to bring that water back and bring it back consistently. Um, you want to talk about some of our projects here? That's you, boss. Thoughts about projects. Well, we talked about the Kauhale project and what that would mean. And, you know, I've got all kinds of ideas. Um, we're, we're trying to get some funding from the state uh, so we can remove some of these big trees down here and create like a hula pa which would hopefully 
attract more attention to this area and get more people involved with coming out and plugging into the Aina out here. Um, at one time we were looking at creating a Hulua sled area coming down here, but I think that's gonna be put on the wayside and I see now more terracing so they can grow more food out here. Um, a lot of these trees that are here came out of my yard. Um, starting from seeds or like the coconut trees, I find little nuts at home. Well, I find little nuts, I bring them home and they fruit and they start growing trees and bring them back out here and plug them into the aina here. Um, the kamani tree that's up at the top of the hill, that came out of one of our mulch piles. Uh, somebody cut down a kamani tree and they brought the mulch here and put it on the ground and had some seeds in there and the tree popped up and we planted it, you know. So this, this land is still fertile. It just needs a lot more attention and needs an army down here because an army of five that we got usually is getting older. <laughs> I wish I had young, young soldiers out here that we could do this with. And I don't know if my wife would agree with this, but I see that as a challenge for us is reaching young people and getting them out here, you know, because we know they're out there and we've run into a few of them and some of them have stuck here with us, but I just wish there were more out there with that mindset that could see, come out here and get infused with this area and, and just say, yeah, okay, I'm in. Kukona has, has been the most staunchest supporter of this Aina and, and our ceremony. I gotta say that. Hold all of our, hold all of us, uh, to what we promised. So we'll sit down uh, at Makahiki and sit down after ceremony and discuss what we want to do and what we want to promise for the next year. And uh, I think Kukona has been the truest to, uh, to do that. Uh, revitalize this area, you know, restore and revitalize, plant uh, different things. Uh, plant our native plants, bring them back, and take out the invasive species, which you can see uh, we have many monkey pod, we have many African tulip, uh, to try and give this place a, a thriving flora and fauna um, on this area. Bring our ia back again. You know, they're still swimming out here in Kauai Nui. Uh, underneath the mat, which you see out here, I would put it to uh, forestry that we've seen a recent change. Now you see even more invasives coming out here. If you look out here, you can see the paperbark trees. If you look out, they're one of the fastest growing uh, invasives, uh, especially out here the uptake of water. So not only are we losing our water from the mountain, but these trees are utilizing what water that is there. 
Uh, like I said, I retired from fire when I first got in. I didn't even have a year in the department. Uh, there was a fire that started at the model airplane park uh, down here to our north, uh, which was a, prior to that, the city dump. And after years and decades of dumping rubbish there uh, and covering it with a dirt mat, the decomposition of these uh, waste products started. Uh, there was a hu huge amount of methane under there. And one day it got through either spontaneous ignition or something ignited it anyway. That fire ended up going for over a week and uh, burned towards Kalihao High School and once it consumed up to the highway and stopping it from going into Kailua Town, paralleled the dike and went all the way down to the other end of uh, the entrance into Kailua Town. But in fighting that fire, talking about how uh, much why there, how much water was under the mat, uh, most places you couldn't even walk on it because you would fall right through and hit ice cold water and you go right down. I mean, we're fighting the fire up to our necks and uh, there was a helicopter that they had used that was, they were dropping lengths of hose to us to try and extend the hose to reach the fire. And to no avail, it just kept on going and went all the way across Kauainui. And uh, they stopped it at the highway there. But that amount of water to now walk out at the same time of year that this fire occurred in the, the 70s and to be able to walk on dry, solid ground, there's something wrong that's going there that we have to address and, and change. Otherwise, you know, things happen that are, that are uh, not good for our ecology and uh, not good for those, I guess, fish and, and plants that still thrive here under the mat still yet. So, like I said, it's dried out quite a bit. We've lost a lot of water. Um, oh, I was thinking, um, you know, back to getting more people out here. I think we've been fortunate that the people that we do have now that are regulars, one of them, Kiahi, P.O. here, he, He is who I want to see carry on down here because he has a lot of knowledge, a lot of information, a lot of uh, good energy about him, which is really important for this, you know, in order for this to continue. We need somebody like Kiahi to, or more people like Kiahi to be out here because I'm sure he's got other things he could be doing, but this has become part of his life too. So I think, I think it's more than well worth mentioning that we do have people like Yahi that are out there that I wish we could have more on the Aina. Yeah, I, I, um, it strikes me, I think, you know, Ed, you mentioned thinking of this Aina as a pu'uhonua, and it strikes me that to some degree you're kind of on the front lines of this gentrification kind of that has happened in Kailua overall. But because, you know, it strikes me that it's like, I feel like it's, in my experience, rare to come across people like you who have such a depth of knowledge about, you know, 
the history of um, just Aina here in Kailua. Uh, it, it feels like it's something that's becoming more and more rare. What would you say to young people, if there are young people listening to this, these young people that you want to reach, that you want to come out, what would you tell them? I'd say that they can walk away with a lot of information, a lot of good things that they can use, not only in our world here on the Aina, but in their world where they have to function. You know, it's just the stories that uncles have is, is a wealth of information right there. Um, the practical knowledge you get from working on the Aina and, and building hale and dry stacking walls and clearing certain sections of Aina at the right time in order to plant the, the trees that you want or the crops that you want. All of these things are important life skills that we can give to them too. Yeah, you know, you had mentioned gentrification, uh, seeing how much Kailua, Ko'olau Loa, Ko'olau Poko, this side has changed. Um, and our kids, so true about coming out here and practicing and doing the things that our kupuna did and learning what they did. Uh, kupuna didn't have a short-term goal for Hawaii. They had a long-term goal, how they were gonna live uh, and maintain here. Uh, these things are coming more and more apparent, you know, to the forefront, the haves and the have-nots. And people who can afford things don't really practice the, the, um, the values of, of, a lot of the values of our kupuna, you know. Our younger ones coming out here, it's a diminishing skill set to come out here, humopohaku, you know, building halal, doing all these things. But these things, I call it stick your hand in the ground and recharge your Kanaka battery. You know, these things come out and uh, I'm not gonna say it's a long remembrance. You, you all of a sudden dream these things from, from the past, but by doing these things, you honor your kupuna to, to continue on, you know, to malama the aina, to take care of it, you know, to take care of it sort of feed you. So, um, you know, it's it's just crazy about how much you we can do here to kind of offset the things that are going on in the outside world. You know how how we see. I'll tell you a story. My wife said, "Go to go to uh, when you go to the store, go and see if they have watermelon at the store because it's on scale. Uh, it's on sale." So I went and picked up a watermelon and didn't put it on the scale. And I got to the counter and I was in shock. That watermelon cost me $52. And the little line below it where it says how much you saved, I saved $20.50 on that. So that watermelon would have cost me $73. The big watermelon. It wasn't a big watermelon. It was the smallest one in that big cardboard box uh -huh. they have on the, the ground I was going. So how does that equate? How can we 
create these uh, pu'uhonua or fields or, or centers where we can offset this, this growing have and have not economy that we have out there. You know, we hear it on the news, people moving away from here all the time, you know. But that means people that can afford it are coming here and competing for that same house at inflated value. There's something we have to do to address that, to, to, to create uh, better opportunities for our kids. You know, people come here for free. We charge your Kanaka battery for free. You know, if you wanted to start a garden to feed your ohana, show us the place. The only thing we lack right now is uh, a consistent flow of water, which we're working on at the present to bring in, bring in uh, via here, not only from our, our sources up Mauka, but to utilize there's a water pipe that runs consistent on the roadway. So it only takes the work of your hands to feed your family, huh? Come here and, and try and offset. As you can see, we have ulu growing here. We have uh, kukui here now. Uh, we have other plant sources that are, that are you, you know, we've had in the past and coming time to replant now, ipu. Maya, uh, new. Yeah. Kalo, so these food systems, a little bit of background in our, our partnerships, Not, I shouldn't say partnerships, but our affiliations with others in Kauai Nui, Ulupo, they're going Kalo. Now, uh, Ho'okua'aina up in the valley here just got a huge source to buy a huge portion of Maunawili to now turn that into uh, farming opportunities. You know, we're a little bit different here because besides the f farming, we're trying to do kauhali projects to rebuild halau, practice, and show people how to humupohaku, how to dry stack, come on, be cultural practitioners, not only in our ancient practices with the halimua, um, our pule, our belief in those akua that are many akua, we still believe in, you know, that's what we talk about being cultural practitioners. We're trying to practice our religious responsibility also on this, this property. But we're not trying to impose that on anybody. Yeah, we do never impose, but you can come experience. Yeah. You know, um, I'm gonna say that what's going on today in this world is very troubling and it has a lot to do with economic systems and religious practices. Uh, we don't impose that on anybody. We'd like to share that with them, so. Can you talk more about the Hale reconstruction project? You know, what is the function of the Hale? Is that for the Hale Mua? No, the Hale would be for all of us to use, not just for the Mua. Um, be a meeting house, be a, house for instruction, because uh, on top of working on the aina, my wife is a weaver, 
and lohala weaving, and she could use that, and she makes kapa, so we could have that as part of the, uh, the use for that hale as well. So yeah, it's, it's all encompassing. And the reconstruction, uh, the, the construction work itself, is, is that, um, can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, well, Keahi's spearheading that, and uh, what he's been able to do is get us a line on uh, some wood that we would have to go and harvest and you know, transport to the Aina here, which is where the funding really helps with that because out of pocket it would be kind of a, a big burden for us to, to do that all on our own, which is, uh, how you say, culturally, we're, we're not going to start construction until after uh, Makahiki is done. And that gives us time to get all our ducks in a row and get everything planned out. And maybe even to start the harvesting process, but the active movement of uh, materials onto the aina and actually putting um, o'o in the ground, it doesn't happen until after Makahiki. That'll be our first tala if we can, after that one's completed, we we'll wanna put up a second or third, that's the ultimate goal, right? The different functions of an actual Kauhali project. Um, I think we had five. Yeah, five Hali planned. Yeah. Well, is there anything else? I feel like we've got a pretty good sense of, you know, your vision for this space and what have been some of the challenges um, but yeah, I guess if there's just anything else that you've felt important to share. So, uh, as kind of like an anecdotal uh, ending, I guess you could you'd use this, but I talked about the history here and being with Wes and how we remain friends. And I'm just gonna say he grew up like I, he was a victim of his, uh, experiences he was just as affected uh, but when we we're in high school we we're in a group uh, that had been i guess identified or targeted by the principal of kailua high school at the time was mr Demello was our principal that they were rascals or rambunctious kids in our grade or juniors and seniors that he felt that uh, we could use some extra help. And I don't know if uh, what I'm gonna tell you came before or after, but we were singled out and we were asked to come for, uh, I believe it was two days, a, a uh, a class to sit down with these UH students or graduate students uh, and sit down and, and talk story with them and trying, they were trying to build leadership in us and trying to give us a direction and how to, how to be in this world, how to uh, act on your beliefs, be leaders, they saw that we were rambunctious because we really didn't have uh, 
a lot of guidance in our life, I guess, or guidance in school. And uh, two of these people I remember. One was Jim Albertini and the other was John Wittick. And this was 1968 or 69. And they came, us, came to us for two days. And uh, this was a life lesson for me. So now it's kind of like a give back that he doesn't realize. If he watches this, maybe he'll laugh. Uh, maybe he'll remember it. I hope he does. Um, but yeah, you know, to end this, that the seeds that he planted are now the seeds coming to fruition. And now we're replanting seeds on a new, new direction and endeavor and asking people to come and, and see who gets stuck to this, this movement. Again, anything, I don't have anything else, Kokona. Um. Well, I just wanted to end it with the idea that we're starting um, a youth mentorship partnership with an organization. And the idea is that this is my chance to, to reach younger people and maybe plant a seed. And open their eyes and hopefully get it to the point where they come here because they want to come here and not because they're involved with a program to come here. You know, so this is my chance to make good on my thoughts about this Aina and how to reach younger people. So I guess that's a blessing in disguise for me. Mahalo. Yes, mahalo. Mahalo for that. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho! Oh.